0: Alright, so this week we are continuing our series Into the Psalms and for this kind of second week I wanted to tackle a pretty big topic, the idea of lament. Now for anyone who has not heard this word before, lament is its really just a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. Um, it is often wrapped up in loss or grieving, um, and it often comes associated with feelings of anger. And I think it often, I think unfairly, gets a bad reputation. We often feel bad or guilty when we lament, and especially when we lament to God, when we get angry with God. But today I want to talk about why maybe we shouldn't feel that way. Why we shouldn't necessarily feel bad when we feel like we need to lament against God. A lament to God. And to do that, we're going to be examining Psalm 22 together. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn there now. Um, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. We'll read the first six verses or so together. All right, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? from the words of my groaning. O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you, our ancestors trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were saved. In you, they trusted and they were not put to shame. But I am a worm, not a human, scorned by others and despised by the people." All right, so that's pretty harsh. This person, our psalmist here, is really calling God out, kind of putting God on blast, if it were. You know, they're yelling, why aren't you saving me? You saved all my ancestors. Am I not good enough to be saved? You know, and that he, our psalmist even like at that, you know, by comparing themselves. Am I a worm? Am I so low in your sight that I'm a worm and not a person? Not worthy to be saved. This opening part of the psalm is really letting God have it. Our poet is reflecting on and kind of tapping into this deep history that Israel has of crying out to God. Yeah, this is a deep history that we have preserved in our Bibles. Uh, the children of Israel, when they were in Exodus, or when they were in Israel, not Israel, when they were in Egypt, in Exodus chapter 2, we're told that they groan in their slavery. They cry out to God. They complain. They complain to God. And God hears them, and God delivers them. The entire book of Judges, you see this. It's, B- B- Judges is basically just cycle after cycle of the people being oppressed, of them crying out, complaining to God, God sending someone to save them. And there's lots of other examples of this. And our poet has all of these stories in their head. This is what they're thinking about, and this is what they reflect on, but yet they see the reality is that God is not saving them. That would be infuriating. That would be frustrating. And honestly, that would seem unfair. So this opening part of this psalm is really an outcry of emotion that is lament in every sense of the word. So now it's here that I want to pause and go back to that opening question. How should we feel about lamenting against God? Can we lament against God? And I think you could look at it from an emotional standpoint, if you want to. How do we think God handles our anger? Do we think God is not strong enough to handle our anger? I had a professor who would very often say that God is big enough to handle our honesty, even and especially when we're angry at God. I think we could take this idea of lamenting a step further kind of just take a large step back and think about why do we lament to God in the first place? Why do we become angry at God when things go wrong? I think one of the main reasons we cry out is because we hope that God can fix things. When we yell at God because our lives are crumbling, we're, we're asking deep down inside, Fix it. Bring this person back. Change the situation. Let me get this job that I didn't get. Whatever is angering us, whatever is causing us to lament, whatever is causing us grief, we bring it to God in anger because deep down inside we, we know God could fix it. And we're hoping that God will make it better. And that means that deep down inside, we believe that God has the power to fix it. We believe God has the ability to fix it. I mean, look at our psalm. Verses 4 and 5 reflect that idea. There, our poet proclaims that God has saved generations of people. Our poet knows of the power of God. So, what does this mean? I think one of the biggest reasons why people often either don't want to lament, don't want to be angry at God, or more realistically, don't want to admit that they get angry with God is because they think it might be indicative or show a lack of faith. When I think it might just be the opposite. If we didn't think God was powerful enough, was big enough, was great enough to help us, was even compassionate enough to help us, then why would we even bother to lament in the first place? Because remember, our God is big enough to handle our honesty, even and especially when we're angry at God. I think another reason people are sometimes hesitant to lament is they have this underlying fear of retribution. We are afraid that if we speak up against God, God will get angry back at us. Now, on the surface, this might seem like a legitimate concern, right? Because this is what we see all the time with people. People are always, you know, getting back at each other. I mean, I've even done it. an example, back in college, I lived in this really big house. And we had nine other people that lived there. So a total of 10 people lived in this house. Now, when you have a house that big, you, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff gets dirty, you have to make a chore chart. You know, we had a big chore chart that hung on the fridge, you know, it had everyone's name and the varying chores we would do, and every week it, they would get rearranged for who was supposed to do what. Um, I was in charge of this chore chart for a while. Well, one week, I had a really big fight with one of the housemates. We had a, you know, kind of glorious row, we were really angry at each other, and immediately after this fight, I had to go assign the chart chart for that week. So who do you think got bathroom duty that week? Yeah, it was the person I was mad at. And just so you can kind of fully get an understanding of how big of a jerk I was, there was ten people in this house, and there was two bathrooms. That, yeah, I was a huge jerk to this person. But I think oftentimes we can take this mindset because it's what we see around us all the time. This is kind of the reality we live in. Now we could do a whole series on why we shouldn't do this and why this shouldn't be the reality, but the present situation is that it is. So it's only natural that we import that onto God. Well, if the people I interact with all the time, if I'm hesitant to make them angry or to lament kind of against them because they'll in turn throw it back at me, why why wouldn't God do the same thing? I feel like somewhere in the back of our heads we have that if we complain against God, that God's going to go full smiter mode, you know, and just lightning bolt us into oblivion. But lucky for us, that's not our God. Our God is a God of compassion. Our God is big enough to handle our honesty, even and especially when we're angry with God. Now, I I hope you can see how lamenting is something that we shouldn't be afraid of doing. But I wanna push this one step further. I wanna touch on the idea that I think lament is good and healthy for us. So we talked about how lament is often couched in grief or loss. Now, there are famously five stages of grief. Now, I know they're a vast oversimplification and that these stages aren't, you know, a checklist of points to get through. They're much more nuanced. You flow in and out of them. But I think that this kind of idea or this point still holds weight. So what are the five stages of grief? You have denial, anger and blaming, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, did you notice what stage two was? anger, and blaming. That's basically lament. Lament is a natural step, a necessary step in dealing with grief. It's something we really can't skip. If we don't allow ourselves to lament, then we'll never get to acceptance. We'll never escape our grief will be trapped in this cycle forever. So I think you can say lament is good. Lament is healthy. I think you can even go as far as to say, God wants us to lament. I mean, scholars classify nearly half of the Psalms as Psalms of lament. So maybe the reason why there's so many lament Psalms there is to show us how to lament, to give us examples and guidance of how our spiritual ancestors utilized laments on their spiritual journeys, on their journeys of grief. Now I want to highlight one last example of lament. One that I personally see as maybe the prime example of lament. So our psalm today. Did anyone catch what its opening line was or remember what its opening line was? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now where have we heard that phrase uttered before? Obviously, I can't hear you, but I'm going to assume all of you are saying, "At the crucifixion, and you're all right. Good job. Jesus chose these words to be among his precious last before he died. Now, Jesus, I think you could say to say, knew better than anyone exactly what he was saying, knew he was quoting the beginning of this psalm, and by quoting the first line of the psalm, he was invoking the idea, the entirety of the psalm, kind of like a shorthand for the entire verses. So I want to take a few moments and read Psalm 22 in its entirety, and while I do this, I want you to think about Jesus dying on the cross and saying these words, imparting these words. on These are the words that are on his heart to God, to his heavenly father in his last moments of life. So this is Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest, and yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shake their head. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in the Lord. Yet, you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me. For trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open with their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. My bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garment, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him and may your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves allied posterily will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and they will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. I hope that Today, we've seen that we can and should lament at times. I mean, if Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, lamented and lamented against God, his heavenly Father, then I think we can too. Jesus provided us with an example that we can lament. Yeah, I was really struck this week as I was putting this together that in Jesus' dying moments, he was teaching us. He was giving us an example to follow. So never feel bad about getting angry with God. Never feel like you can't lament. Because just like that turtle that I saw yesterday who lashed out in anger and snapped and hissed at me every time I came near, God knows that our anger really comes from a place of fear. We're scared, and we want God to fix it. And lamenting about it is simply being honest with God. And God is powerful enough to handle our honesty, even and especially when we're angry at God. Join me as we pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who craves our honesty. You are a God of compassion. A God who isn't vengeful. You are a God who seeks our company. You are a God who seeks our fellowship and our communion. You are a God who just wants to be with us through all of our faults so lord we just ask that we can continue to be a people that goes to you that cast our problems cast our anger cast everything that happens in our lives upon you when we're overwhelmed when we're stressed when we, when we don't know what to do put an inkling in our heart to turn to you you're a God who wants to support us, a God who wants to love us. And so we just thank you for that and ask that we would continually seek you and seek your face and know that you can handle whatever emotion we're feeling. And Lord, we just thank you for this time and ask that you would go with each and every one of us as we go throughout our week. In your precious name we pray. Amen.